Good morning. I am Cindy Vanna in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 1490 AM True Talk Radio. Uh, also reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. And you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Um, Evelyn. Yes, ma'am. Are you there? <laughs> Hello, McFly. You know, one of the most exciting things, I think, Cindy, of my life is my relationship with you. <laughs> because. Um, I don't know how you put up with me all these no, years. No, 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 no. You know, we have a Winnie the Pooh relationship. How's I think that? I've said that before. Winnie the Pooh. I'm yeah. A, we're, are you Winnie and I'm the Pooh? No. You're Tigger and I'm Eeyore. I oh. walk into every situation going, oh my oh, gosh, <laughs> how are we going to do this? How are we going to get over this? How are we going to get through this? Mm-hmm. Evelyn comes in on her on her Tigger tail, bouncing around. She's like, I'm so excited about this. I just look at her. I don't know how she puts up with me. Well, you know, this week has been one, uh, you know, as a sanguine personality, usually we can see uh, God's hand in a lot of things. You know, melancholies dig deep, deep into the facts and are better at analyzing things. But I just really got just uptight this week, and I don't normally do that. Okay, let's let's let uh, bring you down here. Okay, see now here I am. I'll bring you down. Come on, <laughs> no, no, uh, because uh, through the this series that we're in, we're mm-hmm. talking about the perfect one. Uh, we in our lives set up goals for not only ourselves but for others, and uh, so often that happens. You and I set goals for others. <laughs> Okay, Jim Van, turn your radios off. <laughs> Evelyn's telling the truth now. Well, you know, uh, it, uh, it is an amazing thing to me how the reality of God's love and God's joy comes to us at times when we just get so low. We think, you know, I just can't. It just can't get any worse. Than oh, it. you're and, talking now to the choir, sister. Come on, preach it. Okay. So what happened, especially with yesterday? We're going to talk a lot about some of the the news things. Oh, this week because, hello. You know, one when I were talking about it this morning, one says I don't listen to the news because it's <laughs> half of it's lies or fraud or whatever <laughs> or, or it's terror reports. Uh, but I. After yesterday and, and this week, I, I just really had some downtime, and I don't do that very often. And I was thinking about how it is that I could just get past this disappointment in two or three areas, uh, not in my life personally necessarily. but And so I, I thought about the parable that Jesus uh, gave the disciples about kicking weeds or picking weeds, and so I did a little writing on that, and I thought, you know, that's what life is. We go through life, and we won't just pick the lilies, because Jesus says, I am the lily of the valley. I am the lily. I am the fragrance for your life. I'm the beauty for your life, and so often, we take our eyes off of the lily the lilies, the beauty of our world, the beauty of our friends and our family, and just pick those pitiful little weeds that we think it's we're called on to pick out. And, and you know, Jesus admonishes us about that because he says, if you go through your field 
and you are trying to get all the weeds out of your field, you'll pull up things That's right. that I actually want to leave in there that are going to bear good fruit. So beware that you focus your life on the weeds. And I love this thing that you wrote because it talks about where do we center our focus? And the first thing you wrote was that we center our focus on what? On where our help comes from. Mm-hmm. Not on the problem. Yeah. But the focus is on our refuge and on our rescue. From Psalm 91. And, you know, the Lord said himself, uh, you know, look unto the hills of the psalmist from which comes your help. So you're not supposed to live in the valley, you know, and pick the weeds all the time or kick them. You know, we go through life kicking them. But we've got to lift our eyes to the mountain and to the mountain of God. And that was true. It was true in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. We're going to talk about that a little bit. It was true of Moses. And it's, it was definitely true of Abraham. And we're going to pick up some really good stuff on the life I of Abraham. I love that because, you know, how would how would those guys out of Hebrews 11 mm-hmm. have, lived the their, have lived their lives if they thought that it was only going to be measured by how many lilies they could mm-hmm. pick in the valley? Now, poor Noah, he'd have had to pick them out of an ocean of... <laughs> Of water, you know. So I, I think you've got a real and 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 I love that we're opening like this because we're gonna we're gonna go to a place today that could cause you know discomfort and despair in our hearts if you don't know what the focus is. That is so true, Cindy. And and what Jesus actually said, he said one of the things that that he talked about when he's talking about the weeds of life, he's talking about problems and and disappointments and discouragement and terror. And terror is a big thing. But he said, you know, I I won't do a lot about some of those things, but the one thing I will do is I'll fill your heart with joy. And so when we think about what it is that we need on a daily basis to keep us focused on the lily of the valley, on the beautiful thing, we have to stop and think about what it is that is a blessing in our life. And just the fact that we live in a time like this, and we, we always talk about we're being we're Esther's, is that we have an opportunity, Cindy, because of where we've been in life, to really bring encouragement and to bring uh, just uh, cheerfulness into the lives of others. And that's not easy to do. But, you know, grace is a gift. But attitude or gratitude is an option. And as we think about that today, as we talk about some of these problems, some of these weeds that are strangling this nation, weeds are strangling this nation. And I would say, as one and I agree this morning, probably 90% of it is media. But there's good media. There is wonderful media. And so as we think about where we were this week, where we're going, and what it is that God, what Jesus himself wants us to covenant with him for, covenant with him for, then we have to know that the result is that he would fill our heart and our lives with joy. I love it, Evelyn. We're going to talk. Uh, about the lily of the valley as we have been and as we always do each Saturday as we've been in this series called The Perfect One where we're really examining the plan and the promises of uh, fulfilled in Christ Jesus having first 
gone through the present one, the promised one, the perfect one. And we've been talking about leaving a spiritual legacy and talking about it through the eyes, with through spiritual eyes and what Jesus did. But now we've gone and talked about these uh, six principles. We're headed into our last principles mm-hmm. in these 40 days before the national election. So even though Evelyn and I may not be brilliant, <laughs> the Lord is. And he just continues to help us because we've walked this out all summer. And with this intent that we would come up to these 40 days mm-hmm. before the nation, as we talk, as we move the conversation from this focus on God, our government as God, mm-hmm. versus God as governing <laughs> our lives. Right. And God is our, is the lily of the valley, as our hope. And we're going to, we're going to begin to unpack this conversation about covenant. Cindy, I want to read something out of the message, uh, out of Genesis, because we're going to start with Genesis. Now, doesn't mean we're going to dig up all the dead bones, but this Or is... read every begat and begotten. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't like begats and begotten. But listen to what uh, Dr. Eugene Peterson says in the fifth chapter of Genesis. He said, this is the family tree of the human race. When God created the human race, he made it godlike with a nature akin to God. He created both male and female and blessed them, the whole human race. But when Adam was 130 years old, he had a son who was not, who was just like him. He is very spirit and image, and he named him Seth. In the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years. Can you imagine? Oh, makes me tired already. Having more sons and daughters, and Adam lived a total of 930 years, and then he died. Now, we're talking about legacy, and we're talking about heritage. And when we're talking about the purpose that God had for covenant, making a covenant with Adam and with Eve, and you're, you're going to talk about that a little bit, is that that was the family tree. But what was the source? It was the source of God's love and the spirit of the living God. Because he said to him, not as a God, but God-like, in that we would want to communicate and connect with him in a way that would bring joy to life. And we wouldn't just look at like, you know, Adam did to live, what did it say, 890 years. That, Cindy, really is a picture of what legacy and heritage is. God started it all. And he made a covenant, and he made that covenant with Adam and Eve. Well, Evelyn, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the things that are going on and have gone on this week. And we're going to talk about whether and how we live from the tree of life or live out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about these concepts of giving joy back even if you live in a time where you feel like the weeds have overtaken your valley. (laughs) And this is Love Talk on the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word, 1490 AM, True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, as we were talking, I love the first segment. Thank you for that. It's a perfect way for us to segue into what are some some pretty tough conversations about the week. Well, one of the things we do want to start with, Cindy, is we begin to identify those. Because we've, this has been a week of... Um, well, that was a lot of weeds. Well, terror, uh, heartbreak, uh, fear. Uh, fr- it, it, so many things have been in the news, as, as we mentioned earlier. But the... But the principle we want to start with, there are basically two of them. You know, when, when hard times come, and that's part of the human race, then sometimes God solves, uh, he'll calm um, the storm that's going on in our life. You know, we'll have a storm come through, like yesterday, and we're going to talk about the University of Texas, that storm. And then sometimes he lets the storm rage, and he, ch- he calms the child are the children. And we forget that sometimes. We think everything in life revolves around us. Or I do. I think, well, you know, it just, you know, I, I, I plan this and I plan that. And, and, and so the plan is, is the thing. But one of the things that, that the scripture also says, all the promises of the Father are yes in Christ Jesus. The, the scripture says that. So what our great dilemma is, is as we're in life, what is it that we accept? And what is it that we kick and pick pick up out of our love fields? And that's what we started with today is looking at the field of life. God allows some of these things, these weeds to come up in our love field so that he can use us in ways to minister to others. Because sometimes the greatest weed in our life is a personality. <laughs> <laughs> our own. <laughs> well, yeah, or whatever. And so as we we talk about some of the things that have been part of life this week, the human race, uh, we have to stop again and realize, number one is God has a covenant. He has a covenant with Israel. And that's part of part of what trouble is today, is the covenant that God has with Israel. And secondly, the covenant that he has with us. He said, I've come, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And sometimes we do not understand what the abundant life is. We think it's the Santa Claus life, and it isn't. It sometimes is that he is preparing us to be a soldier of the cross. He is preparing us to be an ambassador for him. And part of the news this week was the enemy killed the ambassador. So let's look at some of the things that we want to talk about today in regard to what really are weeds and what are the lilies of the valley that we can draw strength from. Well, you've, you've done such a good job of setting the stage that it, that it almost doesn't make me want to go there. You know, the the secular mindset, because the truth of the matter is, is as we set up this paradigm, what we're really doing is that throughout the history of mankind, 
man, because of the nature of our fallen grace from God, has to deal with this contrast between the promise and the covenant of God to us and the dailies of life that come as a result of the terror Mm-hmm. that took place in the garden. Right. Now, we've never been free of terror to think that it has been about the plan of comfort since the fall in the garden or to believe even this discourse today, Evelyn, is about religion. If there's no other billboard in life right now, then God would be speaking to the hearts of man and says religion will not sustain you, whether it's the religion of Islam or the religion of Christianity, neither one of these as a religion will sustain you. The promises of Christ Jesus made yes and amen Mm -hmm. by God aren't established as a covenant of religion or tradition. It's established as a personal relationship, the original plan that God had in the garden. That's how we come out of the weeds. Well, the thing that we have to identify uh, in the love fields in which we live, Cindy, are the weeds. And we do that on a national, international scale. And it normally is around religion. We go back to the Crusades. You know, it it started out as a good thing, and then it got polluted. Uh, we go back to America, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, is a good thing. There are people today that are picking it to death. But there are three different elements that we deal with in our world today in the area of religion. Number one is Judaism. That is the promised covenant God made with the Hebrew children, the children of Israel, the children of Judah, both of them. Secondly is that religion that came out of Ishmael, which is Islam. And Thirdly, and, and all, these two came before the lily of the valley came. So those weeds were already planted in the love field of life. And so when Jesus came, he came as a result of the covenant promise that God made to Abraham. He renewed it with each one of the priests. He renewed it with the prophets. He renewed it with Isaiah. He renewed it with Jeremiah. He renewed it, he renewed it with Ezekiel. And so often we quote that scripture in Ezekiel where God says, quit worrying about the weeds, Ezekiel. He said, there's going to come a day when I'm going to take out their cold, stony heart and put in a brand new heart for me. Well, I'm glad that you set that up because in light of the news, there's here's where I want to go. Now, this is going to take some careful listening in order for you and I not to get well, it'll probably be me, uh, run out of town here because, uh, I, and I want to preface this by saying, I believe that Islam, the Muslim religion, is dark and dangerous and is a force for evil upon the earth. Now, I need to say that because I'm going to come right behind it and tell you something. And result of all the riots that have taken place across the globe with regard to, coincidentally, which I don't believe in, September 11th, and the release of this video called The Innocence of Muslims. If you have, I cannot 
um, advocate that you go as a Christian and see it because it is lewd. This was a video that was made by, quote, Christians. It grieves my heart greatly because I'm going to tell you that one of the opening segments of it is, is oral sex with Muhammad and a woman in order to denigrate Muhammad. It is incredibly offensive. Now, we are caught in a paradigm in this nation of free speech. But if we believe as a nation and as a people that there aren't going to be consequences to the smut, to the evil, to this, quote, idea of the great Satan of America that exports this kind of stuff to the world, this in no way means that an ambassador should have been attacked and lost their lives, nor should our embassies be raided. But I am telling you right now to believe that there are not consequences to our actions across the world where they continue to see us as exporting, defiling information. And in this case, had this particular movie been made about Jesus Christ, you, you and I probably, we wouldn't have killed anybody. We wouldn't have burned buildings. Today, there might come a time for us to do that. It would have been incredibly offensive. This was the wrong thing to do. It grieves me greatly that it was done, quote, by these, who are these Coptic Christians? I don't even know. Every person in the movie is blue-eyed. You can imagine how what that looks like to the Muslims. It is offensive in every single way to what they hold dear. It would be offensive to the mildest-mannered Muslim that there is, much less those who hold to the strict tenets of the Quran. Mm -hmm. It is dirt and filth. And for that, I am ashamed. Now, when the politics of the nation was to criticize Obama for having apologized to the Muslims and the Christians were outraged by that, if anybody had gone on and looked at this movie, they would have understand that he wasn't, a, he wasn't bowing down to the Muslims. He's saying in this case, this, we're wrong. Well, this particular piece of trash that has offended you, you're wrong for what, how you're acting this out. But this was the wrong thing to do. But we are a nation founded upon free speech. We cannot control one another in that. There's artwork coming up every week that shows Christ. Uh, you know, there's stuff written about him being a homosexual. There's mm-hmm. stuff written Movies. about him having sex with Theater. Mary. There's, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff. And we, but- we tolerate that as a nation under the name of free speech. But believe it or not, there are consequences Mm -hmm. to these kinds of things. And as Americans, we have to come up a level and have a dialogue of understanding that says there are consequences to our actions. Well, you know, there are a lot of reports that that we've read and we've heard this week. And uh, we don't understand basically what the covenant God has with Israel. And if we look... If we look at the worldview, the worldview lines up against two people as an enemy. Number one is Israel, and number two is the United States of America. So even in Israel, uh, 
it is distasteful for many of the religious leaders uh, to see Americans operate that we operate. I mean, even in their own country. Uh, I can remember when Van and I were there, we went into a couple of different places, uh, and we had to totally cover ourselves up. Now, that was not Shari Law. I mean, it was just tradition of that particular community. Then when we were at the wall, there was uh, a separation where the men went and the women went. And the rabbis also had a place they could go where they would put their prayers that they wrote into those crevices Mm -hmm. around the wall. Those are differences that develop either in denominations, Cindy, or in religious practices. But when you go back to what it is that God ordained for Adam and Eve, it was that they would walk with him every day in the cool of the evening, and that he would communicate with them in a way that would make their life profitable, not only for them but for others. Our world has gotten so far from what God intended it to be that our example is the Tower of Babel. You remember? God looked at what was going on, and he said, okay, I'm going to change the paradigm. So where are we as we stand here in America today? as Christians who would not participate in that kind of thing. And there is some question whether the guy that produced that movie is a Christian or not. There was the woman that was the star was on the news yesterday, and she disallowed a lot of the things that the media was saying. But the problem we have in this nation is that we've got to find somebody to blame for our problems. That is the number one problem. Yeah, I agree with that. Number one. And so often... We blame God. We blame the wrong God. And we don't give credit to the power of his presence in our lives as Christians to be able to stand up to the criticism and the ridicule that we as Christians get. Because just as, you know, the the Islamic people in Libya, right, you know, there is some evidence it was a planned attack. You don't get missiles and things together in, in 15 or 20 minutes, for, and especially for it to be a worldwide thing. But that is not the issue that we need to look at today necessarily. The issue of who is right in the area, the way we live, because in their lives there are so many things that are not right. But what we look at is what is this covenant that God created, first of all, with the people that he pulled to himself to teach them how to live a life that would bring honor to him. So let's let's move to that part. Well, what? We need to take a break. Well, we, we do, and we're going to come back. And this we're gonna, is heavy stuff. That's then. right. We're going to talk about the difference between raging and the storms that rage around us. This is Love Talk on the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Well, Evelyn, we're in it now. And, uh, but this is part of the thing of you and I talking about, well, you know, you can, you can go on the news outlets and they're just going to give you the pre-programmed, pre-scripted, uh, we're all going to think alike and march to the same drumbeat. Or you can come in like we do in our homes and our households and hopefully have honest heart to heart dialogue i love that we set up in the first segment this this conversation about covenant going all the way back to the father in the garden which we need to explore much more in depth but starting off with the new covenant that we have with christ jesus of putting our eyes on the lily of the valley mm-hmm. the one that has come to fulfill all the promises now we're doing this in contrast to this great raging storm across this country about religion boy is the lord putting writing a billboard Mm. on the walls across the world because he's never been about religion from the beginning in the garden it was relationship to the to the fulfillment of the cross to now as you and i walk in the new covenant with the holy spirit it is about relationship And we have a responsibility in that relationship to whom first? To God. And so as we talk, whether we're talking about DHS's FBI alerts this week, they're every church and every Christian organization in America right now has received an FBI alert for Mm -hmm. this weekend for churches and what to look look at or in your church and as you gather as we looked at at ut uh, this week and at the university of north dakota as we saw whether it was in yemen in libya in egypt the storms are raging around us and they affect our every part of our life cindy we don't realize it as much uh today as maybe you and i did as children uh, growing up in World War II, um, just trying to survive without, a, you know, our dad in the home, uh, listening to war, seeing the newsreels on Saturday afternoon when we went to the Popeye Club. It just robbed children in, in my early childhood age of knowing anything good happening in the world. Well, look and at our a problem. Well, look at our children today, and you and I talked about this a little before the opening of radio. I grew up during the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Cold War, remembering Khrushchev with his shoe pounding. Yeah. You remember Hitler. <laughs> I remember Khrushchev. Yeah. I was under a desk under air raids every day. And was sent home during the air raids to fill the bathtub with water, to sandbag the bathtub, knowing full well that my parents would not be able to get home mm-hmm. from downtown, that I would be in the home by myself at eight years old trying to survive a nuclear attack. Now, these are the terrors that each generation has grown up with as a result of what took place 
in the, the garden. World. Yeah. That's right. And the things that we're seeing, and religion will not suffice for that. As a matter of fact, as we know in the end times, religion will be the focus yes. of how these things come into a great raging storm. So to believe that our traditions will support us, mm-hmm. will keep us alive, allow us to see the flowers while we're in the valley rather than just the weeds. <laughs> You know, Cindy, I was thinking about that yesterday as we had the the terrorist uh, bomb threat, and I don't know how else to describe that, at the University of Texas down, you know, downtown, uh, and then the one out on uh, Burnett Road near Breaker, which is used to be that. Uh, oh, J.J. Pickle, yeah, J. J. The, J. Pickle the research. Um, and I was on my way into the doctor's office, and I was listening to the news, and they were talking about, the children in the development center school there at the University of Texas. They have a school where children go that are taught as part of a development project for teachers and whatever. And they were talking about the 200 children they were evacuating from that school. And the way that they took them out was they lined them up on the street and used a rope next to the traffic side. And marched those children four or five blocks down Red River. And I thought, you know, what would parents... On a rope in the rain. In the rain. Little tiny babies. And on the radio they were saying, if you have children in the school, pick them up at so-and-so. And, And you know, I thought, how much things have changed since God made that original covenant with Adam and Eve when they were in the garden... Why? Because every day they had a period of time that they fellowshiped and related uh, with each other and with him. Not separately. He always had them together with them. Except the one time (laughs) that Adam approached him and God said, you know, where are you guys? And, And he spoke to Adam first. But this is the thing that people in our world today do not have an understanding of. And as I said, there are those three different branches. There is, first of all, is Judaism, which came out of the Abrahamic covenant, which we're going to talk about. Second one is the Islamic, which came out of Ishmael, which was out of Adam. And then thirdly, the Christian. uh, Christianity, which came out of the life of Jesus Christ, who was the promised one of the covenant. And the covenant is always about Jesus Christ. You know, I, I have, I have loved you for so long that it is hard sometimes for me to, as good friends, to say how much we love each other and appreciate each other. And, and I think I've appreciated our dialogues like this over the years more than anything well, thank else. You, and I feel the same because we're of a ge- different generation. But our point in this and, and what we hope to convey to everyone as we talk about is that we've been in this dialogue about spiritual legacy. And about covenant, we want to. We're talking about the origins of covenant, you know, and how and God's principles around covenant being so different than tradition, because if you've as you've talked about those three demarcations, even our own departure in that demarcation, mm-hmm. where God has worked 
relentlessly and eternally to redeem us through Christ Jesus. And But if we believe that we're going to have eyes to only see the world, if it is that our appeal to the to God is keep us comfortable while the storms are raging around us, that original statement that you talked about that he calms the storms in the heart of the children isn't that we become complacent to the storms. It's how do we become light and life in the middle of the storm? How do you call it like it is? How do you stand up for a religion and that you think shouldn't be is dark and dangerous. There's no way that you want to defend it on any level, but at the same time say that we cannot bring disgrace to the name of Christ Jesus by allowing things like what is what has gotten released to the to the world through this pornography and this smut. Cindy, it is really um it takes some time and um, perspective to look at life in America today and determine where it is that we uh, began to be more a field of weeds than of lilies, of lilies, lily of the valley, because this nation was, was established upon biblical principles as the Quakers came, as uh, the different... Believers all came, especially in well, Philadelphia. No, we, we had the we had the Catholics coming mm-hmm. in. We had the Quakers coming in. We had the Puritans coming in. We had we had every stream coming mm-hmm. in at that point. And it was the point of the separation of church and state was to say, is every stream will come into America. Right. We just will not relegate. Yes, and say that one. Stream is the other. Now, all of that was under the new covenant of Christ Jesus as Savior and not under the other pseudo-religions that claim to have God. We're not saying all things are equal. And I do want to make clear that I am not talking, I am a proud American. Mm -hmm. I am not talking about apologizing for this nation. I agree, Cindy. But I'm talking about where we have internal correction to one another. That's the spiritual legacy that we leave to one another. Not everything is equal. Not yes. all things are equal mm-hmm. in the name of, quote, Christianity. Cindy, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what is the promise of God. You know, is, is God made covenants, and that's what a covenant is. And a covenant normally is made with blood. The Jewish tradition for covenant is circumcision. Uh, the Christian tradition for um, for promise is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And in Leviticus, it said, apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So when we look at weeds, weeds are sin in our life. And so what we want to do is begin to come to that point that we can see God moving in our lives in a way that we can make a difference in the world in which we Let's live Let's do that. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the difference between broken promises and kept promises. This is Love Talk on the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM, True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at Love Talk Network. Evelyn, we're introducing this uh, final stage of our conversation around spiritual legacy today under the, the principle of covenant and we're going to unpack that in the weeks to come and but we've we've opened it up under this idea of promise and of course we have been talking about the perfect one the present one and the promised one as we have talked about mm-hmm. jesus christ and but we went out on break in this in our closing segment and you know what i'm keenly aware of is we've talked about the news of the week and the news of the day and and the, and the prospect that it might in our lifetime the promise is not that it'll get better vis-a-vis the news, the culture, the times. And what some of the things that people are suffering on is under is the crushing weight of yes. broken promises, promises, whether it's broken peace treaties or broken uh, agreements, trade agreements, whether it's the broken promises of corporations, one, of corporations government. And, one, and government. Exactly. Even this week, as I was looking at the announcement of the Federal Reserve, where they're back in the business of buying mortgages, which is exactly why you and I had to pay them $7 billion <laughs> to bail them out before was because they got in that. And so then inflation now, every Every product on Wall Street that was financial had had gone up. All mm-hmm. of Wall Street was benefiting from the decision. Every consumer product yeah. that you and I and our buying power mm-hmm. was then going to be hit. Then I read the news that, you know, Mitt Romney believes that middle class in America are people that make two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more. I had to laugh out loud. I said well, I'm on if the that, bottom class. I was gonna say, if We're on the bottom of the bottom. I was going to say, if that is middle class, if that's who's defining what middle class is, no wonder there's a huge debate. Because I will tell you, I am Main Street and not Wall Street. And $250,000, I thought that's what rich was. But anyway, well, it is. all that aside, if I see now how, to, how out of touch that neither one of these streams that wants to make promises to the, the American leaders. people have any idea who you and I are. Right. But regardless of all of that, we're, we are trying to say in the midst of these storms, Mm-hmm. In the midst of the rage that is going on, mm-hmm. in the midst of the disappointment of broken promises, what are those promises that you and I can count on, that we live by and we live on? Mm-hmm. Well, the promise uh, is a covenant. And when, as I said earlier, covenants are written in blood. They're written in blood. And Jesus gave us a great promise. He said, I, he, he, he put it in the past. He put it in the present. He said, I have come that you might have joy and that your joy might be full. And there are so many things in life that rob us of our joy in knowing that God keeps his promises, Cindy. He keeps them. He keeps every one that he makes to us. Is that why America's disappointed right now? Is we've gotten, we've looked for that help that you talked about at the opening segment, that the promises would be fulfilled out of our plan, and we've not 
surrendered our lives to God's plan? Well, that is so true, because when you look at where we are in America today, uh, as a whole, as a society, as a people, we are a people without hope. If you talk to most people today, say, what in the world are we going to do next? I, I wrote a, uh, recently wrote an op-ed piece, and, and um, a little parallel article I wrote with it, in whom shall we trust? You know, can we trust our government? Can we trust our children to take care of us when we get old? Can we trust a husband to be faithful? Or can a husband trust a wife to take care of the household and the children while he's traveling and making a living? It's, it's a lot about trust because a promise without trust is nothing. Well, and we've talked about that. That's why we talked about religion. To believe and have a creed can, can stop at the doorway of religion. Mm-hmm. But it's trust that is the pathway to heaven and hope. Well, I, you know, I, I do a, a lot of writing. Um, I, every day I try to write something. And, and I surprise myself sometimes, Cindy, because I try to make it light as well as heavy. Because, you know, with a personality like I have, I feel like I'm drawn in two different places. I think sometimes, and you don't think, you just don't take things seriously enough. But then I get into a week like we've had this week where I pick every weed in my life. And so what I did is I I, I did a little thing about my week. And like on Mondays, I dug out the weekend weeds and dusted off my heart, and the day whistled by. You know, Mondays are usually a down day. It's the day I pray for pastors because a pastor's day is either the best day of the week or it's the worst. They can count what they, how good mm-hmm. things were on Sunday or, you know, how they were not good. And then Tuesday, I made a doctor appointment and was touched by the master's hand. That's joy, Cindy, when you can remind yourself of that. Wednesday, I ran all day here and there in the weeds and came home smelling like a rose. <laughs> well, what you're saying there is we have to have An some attitude of gratitude. Well, you, you cannot look at everything. You've got to have, you've got to be able to count your blessings. You've got to be able to do more than count the weeds in your garden. Right. What else took what? Well, let me hear another one, Evelyn. Well, another one was that on Saturday, <laughs> this is a special day of the week uh, with Love Talk friends and Love Talking about what? The joy of Jesus. You know, when you think about the joy that Jesus can bring and does bring to our life, we don't have to be hopeless or helpless. If we hold on to him as our rope of hope, we can know that he is going to keep his promises. And what has he promised? He's promised, Evelyn, I love you Mm. with an everlasting love. Evelyn, I am preparing a place for you. Evelyn, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And so, you know, and, and Sundays is a day of worship. It's usually a beautiful day. Uh, sometimes it's disappointing, but uh, it it's a day when we really can go back and renew in our heart 
that promise that Jesus made us. And you know how we do that renewal, Evelyn? And that's what Sunday's really about. Once again, Sunday is not that day about tradition. Mm-hmm. It's not that day about religion. It's not that day about membership. It is the day of covenant. It is the day where we come into the presence of God by way of the family of God. Right. And we worship God because of the faithfulness mm-hmm. of his promises. And what is faith? It is those things that we do not yet see. Right. But we give faith and trust God for the things that he is bringing to fulfillment. Having brought everything to fulfillment to you and I through Christ Jesus. And having yet to bring the world to the understanding of the fulfillment of who Christ See, is. That's the good news. That is the best news. And that is what we need to focus on every day. Lord, I'll never have a need that's severe than you are. And if you're, as you're listening to us today, and you just totally disagree with what we said, you do not understand it. Don't call me. <laughs> call me on the love line, 249-6535, or write us. You can write us, uh, uh, go online, give them a lovetalknetwork.com. This has been Love Talk on the Word.